0: The play called with orange arrow. I am your host, Sean Robinson. Today's episode is being recorded in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, home of the Pitt Panthers. We got a couple of Pitt alums in here, right? Hell to Pitt, That's HCP. Hell to Pitt. Who else we got in room? We got hey, RJ. Hey everybody, producer. Welcome back. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, good to long, hear your voice on actions. the pod. Yeah, welcome back. <laughs> we got uh, Tamika. What's up? Ron, what's up, boss? Good morning. Excellent, excellent. So we have a couple of the core team members on today's podcast they're going to hear a little bit more about how they got involved a little bit more about them and their upbringing sports background things of that nature but first who you with
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: who are you with yeah. Yeah. Hey. Tamika, and Ron, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for
1: thanks having for me. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Really? Excited. It's exciting. Yeah, excited to be able to complete the team. Uh, earlier episode, we had Devanya and Lucas on board, and now we have Tamika and Ron. We're going to have a little fun. Let's do it. So, let's start off with a little game. We're we'll going to call this Questions Quickfire. So, I'm going to ask you all a question. And if you know the answer, let's hear it. The first one to do, it, let's compete. We're competitors, right? You know. It. Right? We're all you know former know athletes. athletes. Hey. All right. <laughs> Trying to win. All right, let's do it. You go help me out, RJ? I'm gonna help. All right, let's do it. Who just released their album on Tameka. a Saturday? Tamika. Beyonce and Jason. Oh nice, nice. Without any promotion. Okay. All right, so one Tamika? <laughs> yep. All right, here we go. Who won the MVP of the most recent NBA finals? Ron. Ron. Kevin Durant. Kevin, KD? 1-1. One, 1-1. Okay. All right. Here's the story of a man named Ron. Ron. Brady. Brady. What's Bunch. up? Brady, Brady Bunch. Bunch. Brady Bunch. <laughs> Bunch. There it is, Brady Bunch. <laughs> This is how we do it, Tamika, who was it? it was Tamika? Tamika. Yeah. Montel, Montel- Jordan. You too. All right. You, all right. Here we go. All right. Here we go. If you ain't first, you're last. Ron. Ron. Ricky, Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Tameka. laughs> Ricky okay. Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> is that we- holiday night? It is. Uh, it is numbered.
1: Never. Seen would-
0: a movie. never. How about that? You're missing out. But everyone knows the ballad of Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I'm watch that now. What's your favorite Will Ferrell movie? Uh, you know what? I mean, I think Anchorman set it off. Anchorman kind yeah. of set it off. It was, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was kind of unique for its time. It's like, these dudes are quiet. Now, Timmy, have you seen Anchorman? Oh, Whoa. I'm still hoping for a third one. Uh, I know, <laughs> oh, you know what? I actually, <laughs> have not seeing the second now, one. I, I, <laughs> might a I might need to catch up. I might need to catch up. So you, are you not a Will Ferrell fan? I am a Will Ferrell.
1: Okay, fan. you just haven't got well, chance to see his movies. Seen those movies.
0: Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Which NFL team has has won the most Super Bowls?
1: Tamika. Tamika. Of course. We already knew that. If it you didn't get this, let's go to revoke your. One only we're going to revoke your card. Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all
0: right. Yep. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light. Can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Ron. MLK. Ooh. No. <laughs> okay, Mister Adoko. Very nice. Very nice. You play to win the game. Ron. Ron. Remember. Oh. I think that's it. I think I yeah. have a, a, a victor. Five three. Five three. Tanika, you competed well. But uh, Ron definitely gets the uh, championship. And you are now kicked off. Of- and so uh let's go with the person who um who just graciously lost the game we'll go with tamika tamika tell us a little bit about yourself like where you're from sports you played. give us a little background i am from
1: pittsburgh pennsylvania by the way of las vegas nevada so um i came to pittsburgh when i was about eight years old I my hometown. I am actually from the north side of Pittsburgh. However, I attended school on the east side of Pittsburgh. So I went to Westinghouse High School. Westinghouse? Westinghouse. House. House school, All right. <laughs> um, and participated in the science and math program there, and then was fortunate enough to get a scholarship playing basketball to the University of Pittsburgh. However, basketball was not my favorite sport, but was the sport I was the best at. What was your favorite sport? <laughs> Track and field. How about that? Yeah.
0: Now, did you actually compete in, track and, compete in okay.
1: track and field?
0: I did compete Okay. Um My
1: senior
0: year, I, I played second in the 100-yard dash.
1: Do you remember the uh, tie? It was quick, just put it like that. Oh, OK. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, I wasn't slow, right? <laughs> but I wasn't the fastest. <laughs>
0: now, no, were you second to last or second to first? <laughs> 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 but if you're not first, first. you're yeah. last. <laughs> Was number two <laughs> on <of> the podium. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So but, you ran the you ran the, right, the one hundred. What other events?
1: 400, mm.
0: and the four by four. Okay. Um, you no know, four x one. I would think with the one to two hundred. Oh, I did like, run one. the four by one. Okay. So yeah, we, right. we had a mediocre
1: team, but we always played second. So I yeah, mean, a lot true. of people we just picked them up because we needed people. That's why I, I ran so many events. But that's the long term. So that's the long jump. Seriously. So. I
0: want to long jump my junior and senior
1: year. Wow! And then uh, went uh, so on so for the city for the city, nice. Okay.
0: And
1: then went on to state and yeah, rocked. Mm. Oh my God. I was not prepared.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now where where uh where was that event held? Was that where is that Harrisburg? Where's that? That's in Shippensburg. It? Shippensburg. Okay. Shippensburg. Okay. Actually, track and I didn't know about. Track and I
1: played soccer in high school. Okay. Um, oh. um I dibbled with softball. But then I realized that's just
0: not what I wanted to do. Got you. It's, it's too intense. You got to concentrate on that ball coming at you. It was too much. <laughs> <laughs> much. Rod, right. where are you from, boss? Oh man, I am from New York City. Uh, actually, the Bronx, New York. If I'm uh, keeping it uh, 100%. Uh the Everybody knows about the, the BX Borough, um, birthplace of hip hop. And, uh, in high school, I was actually much more of a, a, a dork, to be honest. I, I tried to play basketball. I don't, I don't know if you guys know about the uh, basketball scene in New York City. Way too competitive. And, uh, you know, put it this way, I, I couldn't even make the B squad in my high school, you know, we, we had B squads and, you know, if you can't make the B squad, you got to reconsider <laughs> your hoop dreams. Right. So, uh, I ended up playing football my senior year at high school and, uh, I was like, okay, you know, I, I can actually do this, but uh, I never really thought about playing in college, to be honest. I, I went to Pitt, University of Pittsburgh, on an academic scholarship. Like I mentioned, I was, I was more of a nerd, and um, I tell folks all the time, I never really had a good understanding or perspective on college football. I didn't realize how popular it was, mm-hmm. um, because I just honestly never really paid attention to football that much beyond the New York Giants. And so when I first got oh. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, I'm uh, just saying, yeah. the genius, yeah. you need some more? <laughs> go on, go, New York, go, New York, go. Uh, you got something to say to that okay. to me? They
1: yep. back. Okay. okay. Hey,
0: uh, uh, who's that? Who? The Giants? Well, we got four total now. Don't show us. Nope. They <laughs> got two
1: in the 80s. and two. 80s. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah, but yeah. you guys did be the Patriots. I don't think hey, Exactly. Don't exactly. exactly. The very Patriots. well. That's one thing y'all can well. agree on. Let's uh, go, Johnny. I guess the Patriots, <laughs> right? <Okay. laughs>
0: um, but yeah, so I, I I came to Pitt, and uh yeah, my intention was just to be in my books. And uh I remember, you know, first game, uh Pitt football, Folks were like, oh, let's go to the game. Let's go watch football play. I'm saying, okay, yeah. I mean, I guess I got nothing else to do on a Saturday. Yeah. And uh, I remember hopping on the bus, and as we were pulling up to the stadium, I started saying to some of my uh, fellow classmates, hey, uh, whose stadium is that? They're like, oh, that's where Pitt plays, Heinz Field. I said, hold up. <laughs> I said, the college team plays in there? I said, wait. You mean this isn't just like an intramural deal? This is like a big deal. Yeah, you see all the pageantry and the players running out the tunnel and fans losing their mind. I'm like, no, time out. I can, I can do this. I've seen these, some of these guys ain't that much bigger than me. They ain't that much faster than me. I'm going to figure this out. I'm definitely one of those guys that's not even close to being bigger than you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those are not – they'll know Ron or do not see Ron. How tall you, Ron? Uh, about 6'3". And your uh, playing weight? My playing weight. Uh, so I was about two eighty. Yeah. Yeah. On the D line. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Two Yeah. And and I went out, talked to uh, uh, the coordinator, you know, Coach LaSala, you know, and uh, said, hey man, I want to join the team. And I told him where I went to high school. And he called my coach up. Coach said, "Oh yeah, that kid's got potential. I mean, he doesn't have much experience, but he'll figure it out." And uh, next thing you know, I was, I was a walk-on a couple weeks later. And uh, I don't know uh, too many folks. If you know the life of a walk-on, it can be quite challenging. Yeah. Uh, at least early on, because uh, you are definitely in the thick of it. It's, you know, quite physical, quite demanding, but you don't necessarily get the same resources that the kids on a scholarship get. You know, so after long days of practice, you see them running off the training table, you're like, well, oh, I can't even join you, huh? Right. got to go find my own meal. Or, uh, you know, even in the sense that you know, they may have access to a little bit more gear than you got initially as a walk-on. So it was definitely one of those experiences where you have to have a tough mindset, convince yourself that you belong and, you know, fight your way on, on the field somehow. And uh, by my junior year, I did get a chance to earn a scholarship, so I was I was very thankful for that, and, uh, and you know, I had an opportunity to play in a bunch of big games, and I had fun. I definitely had fun. So uh, appreciative to all the folks at Pitt that gave me an opportunity, and uh, uh, you know, I'm always I'm always about my Panthers. So to be clear, a walk on is someone who joins a team with no scholarship, and they are truly. Doing it for the love of the game. Oh, yes. Because they are paying their way through school. Sometimes they work in part-time jobs. I've always had a great appreciation for Walk On, especially those who stick with it multiple years. And it's another level when they're able to earn a scholarship. So congratulations. and Hats off to you. Thanks, bro. So thinking with, with Pitt Sports, Tamika, let's talk about your journey in basketball. I know recently we attended... Your uh, Hall of Fame inductee ceremony, uh, City League.
1: Yeah. So
0: talk to us a little bit about your basketball and going to Pitt. Um,
1: so I got started with basketball. I, I ran cross country in, in middle school, 6th grade. I had a girlfriend who was in me. She was in 8th grade at the time. And she was like my little mentor. We were uh, birthday twins. So um, after the season ended, you know, cross country starts in the fall, early fall. And, it. and I was like, ah, I'm joining the swim team. I was pumped. You know, in the community, I could swim with the local pool. Right. Why can't I join the swim oh, team? Got, somebody got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I had mastered the backstroke. So I go to swim practice and I don't know if you guys had this, but in Pittsburgh, you had to wear a gym issue swimsuit. So it was like this little blue thing yes. and the boys had to wear like the blue trunks. It was disgusting. <laughs> and so I get there and we're working on our, our we're standing in line and everybody's getting ready to dive into the pool. When I got up there I realized I couldn't dive mm. <laughs> into the pool. Yeah. So I just jumped in. Right. And the swim coach like said I, I, no, I you know I just, yeah, jumped, just in jumped in, Yeah, in. Arms you. down to the side. Yeah. And uh the swim coach said, no I need you to dive in. I said dive okay. <laughs> so I'm watching people yeah. and you know I live in a all predominantly black community kids, when we went to the pool, we did not dive in the pool. Right. We mm-hmm. canned mm-hmm. We jumped on other kids mm-hmm. <laughs> getting in the pool. It was never any format to that. So I'm standing in the line waiting for my turn again. And I'm going to dive into the pool. Well, no one told me that you have to really hold your form mm-hmm. as you're diving. So right. of course, I belly smacked. Oh. So the next day yeah. I was like, yeah, I gotta figure something Try out. This is, is not cool yeah. to work for me. Even going off the diving board, I mean, literally, like, jump in the pool. It was never any format to that. Right. So, my girlfriend said, come try out for basketball. I go try out, and it's, you know, mostly all eighth graders. And I'm like, man, I tell my dad, oh, I'm trying out for the basketball team. I'll never forget this. We went to Morroville Mall. He About me some, 30
0: minutes outside of Pittsburgh?
1: Yep. Okay. He bought me some L.A. gear. Oh, yeah. So, I love yeah,
0: so the, uh, yeah. Who wrote it? did Magic sponsor LA gear at one point? He I think worked. when they first came was out. Was it that? Yeah. I think so, Magic John. But it
1: was like the first extremely high top shoes. So oh, So it was like yeah. mid-calf, mid right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, that the I
0: mean, uh, British Knights.
1: Yeah. Oh, BK and cross coats. Yeah. <laughs> he bought me um some socks, some party socks. I was pumped about that. Okay. And some knee pads, elbow pads, and a mouthpiece. What? All for basketball. All for basketball. Wow. Knee pads and elbow yeah. pads. And elbow pads. Because wow. he said you're gonna get on the floor and you're gonna get those oh. oh, but my, my dad, if you know my dad, he's real protective. Like yeah. even yeah. my son is seven now, he you know he has to wear a helmet, off guard, just just the shoes hoops in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Safety first. Safety first. You're right. So um went out for the basketball team, made the team. Um, I ended up starting my sixth grade year. Then by the time we got to the eighth grade, we had won a championship. And then when I went to high school, um, because I did live on the north side, my community school would have been Perry at the time. But I was not popular with those people because I played against them in in Mm -hmm. middle school. So I ended up giving Westinghouse a try and was like, oh, I just want to make the JV team when I get to high school. Just want to make the JV team. So me and one of my best friends went out and tried out. We started running with varsity and we were like all pumped. And of course the juniors and seniors were mad because we came in and ended up starting. And then, I mean, from there, it was just like I had a lot of people take me up under a wing and showed me different exposure to, to AAU ball. Um, I probably did like two camps here in Pittsburgh, but every other camp that I went to was outside the state, so I was exposed to other girls who were going to be division one players um, you know, I was recruited by many schools throughout the country, Division One schools, and uh, Pitt won it over. So I had an opportunity to play in what they call the round ball game, round ball classic, which is a recognition of all of the best players in the eastern part of the state and the western part of the state. And they brought them together. At that time, the, the big playing place was Trees Hall. And, um, not Trees, Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald House. Parallel, Fitzgerald yeah. House. I feel like you might have,
0: share a little bit part of the story with me before. Isn't her famous basketball player that was?
1: That person. Yeah. Yeah. Woo.
0: Who's that person?
1: That is Kobe Bryant. Black Because hey, he's from <laughs>
0: outside of Philly, right? Or he's Philly? from <laughs> Marion. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where he, he was goes there playing. Yeah.
1: yeah. So yeah. we were um and it was funny because, you know, as a as a high school kid you see I've seen, you know, players Shaq, Chris Webber, um probably all of the Fab Five, they played in the Dapper Dan here uh, years ago. Yeah, used sure. to be at the Civic Arena. Um, very popular. McDonald's All-Star, America, All-Americans. And um, so when I seen Kobe, and we were all working out like we had to eat with them, and, you know, hey, what's up? If I'd have known Kobe was going to be the Black yeah <laughs> If I had known Kobe was going to be Kobe. right? could have been on his team. I know, right, <laughs> right? Shoot. But it, it's amazing because he was this little Ron and kid. and we played in April of 96, and then he he got drafted at the end of April, so that was like, okay. the, yeah, I think we played like a week before Easter, and he ended up being drafted at the end. No, the draft would be in June, because it just happened yeah, this weekend, so true. he got drafted a couple months later, and I was like, oh, I should have got his autograph, because yeah. I probably could have had some memorabilia to this day. Yeah, excellent. Hustling it on eBay. You missed out my opportunity. So Pitt. Yes. Pitt. uh, See me play in a championship game in February of that year. It was crazy because I sprained my one ankle, came out on a timeout. My trainer taped it up, sprained my second ankle, or my other ankle. I only got two, right? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) three. Came out, they taped that one up, and uh, we finished the game. We ended up losing by a jumper at the buzzer. And so I'm in the
0: now, Was a jumper over you?
1: Oh, no, let's get not. to
0: the real question. Yeah, it no, was oh, not. I'm trying to skip sure, over that. Sure, yeah. But
1: I will say my sophomore year, the jumper was over me. Okay. Because we played a two-three defense and I have gone on a coach and I can reflect back and say that when you are in a crunch period, you should not play a two-three defense, especially when you get a team of shooters. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if you can go down no <laughs> and um, so that evening, got in the car, get home, got two big like five-gallon buckets, got my feet icing, and my mom says, you got a phone call. It's like 10 o'clock at night. Phone like, call? Who's calling me? Like, people know we lost. Right. I do not talk when I lose. Right. <laughs> Who's calling me? And it was uh, Larry Anderson, who was the uh, women's basketball assistant coach that time, asked me um, to come out and do a visit. And they knew I was playing in the round ball, so they wanted to do it around that time. And uh, so we came down to the university, fast forward in April and, you know, of course when you come on your recruiting trip, they show you the most pleasant side of the university. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you don't realize that, um, you know they show you the dorms. They sh- of course, they show you Sutherland, which at the time was top notch. Right, you know right that was there. the Prince Carlton yeah, of the campus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> top Hill Hill, you right, know, you got the you, you had the cap- cafeteria right there, and then um, of course they bring you down to the lower campus, show you the classrooms, the cathedral, and uh, we went to dinner on Friday evening, and we were playing the game on Saturday. And they took me at Mount Washington, and then as a kid, this is my first time like outside at night up Mount Washington. I was like, man, the view of the city is amazing. Yeah, man, I mean, meanwhile, yeah. I live across the river, yeah, right? I, I, live, <laughs> I live seven blocks from Hines Field now, and I had never been up there to experience that. And of course, they take you to this five-star restaurant, yeah. um, you know, where they feed you all this food. You're that, like, mm.
0: That's pretty interesting. I'm going I'm to interrupt or interject right there. So you made a comment that you would never been in Mount Washington. You were not far. You were on the north side. And so we still see that today where a number of the kids do not see other parts of the city. Absolutely. What are some of your thoughts about that? Why so what's some of the reasoning behind that?
1: I think it's a part of it is a level of comfort. For sure. And if they're not exposed to so when we talk about exposing kids to the arts and culture, yes. it's because we know that this is something they're gonna to need to connect to later in life. We want them to be well rounded individuals. And a lot of times you just don't have parents. What's the
0: desire to go to, up to Mount Washington? Sure. I mean, like she talked about, you went to a very expensive restaurant. You know, I know for me, going to expensive restaurants when I was younger was not an option. So, right, you know, certain parts of town just weren't available to you because you just didn't necessarily have any business there. You had no money, you had nothing to do there. And being in certain parts of town only create a level of uh, what's it called? envy sometimes. Mm-hmm. You're like, hmm. So I know, like in New York, I can say, I don't think I've ever been inside the Empire State Building, you know, and and it's one of those things where I know it costs a decent amount of money to go to the top. And when I was younger, I'm like, I had plenty of other things I needed to spend my money on versus (laughs) just going to check out this view. So, right. It was never a priority for me, you know, so I think for uh, a lot of kids, you know, that might not have the means to uh, really engage the unique parts of their of their settings, of their environments. You know having the opportunity to do so, especially when someone's catering it for you, can be a real cool, unique experience. But it's also eye opening, you know, recognizing man, this is right here, and I've just never had the opportunity to actually enjoy it before. So, going back to Pitt, what's some of you all's fondest memories? What's some of the things that stand out?
1: I think it's the people I met mm. and the networking that I was able to do. Um, for me, like I can go up to the stadium now or Peterson and you know really have personal conversations with individuals on a first name basis and so when I was here excuse me just making sure that people knew who I was they knew I was from Pittsburgh um, and I think for me that's still the welcoming and you know so my Pit family I held a pit family. Right, right, right. Um, I, I think that for me was the the biggest takeaway. Other than my degree yeah. <laughs> was the biggest takeaway. Um and I still have friends, you know, twenty two years later I'm we're still rocking and rolling, talking on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Marco Polo and all hours of the night because we just built that bond yeah. here at the university.
0: Oh yeah. Um I'm gonna have to piggyback off that answer. Yeah. It's, it's definitely the people I think. Um, to the extent that I've been able to create so many lifelong, enriching relationships with a bunch of people across the university, it's been it's been a blessing. I mean, I, my relationships with the university helped me get my position at the university, and so uh, I definitely think my time here was really really highlighted by the people, you know, by the, by all the folks that I met, you know. And uh, uh, I'm sure whatever institution that anybody goes to. More times than not, you know, there's beautiful sites on campus. There's a bunch of spots that you remember enjoying, you know, probably a bunch of classes or professors you remember engaging, but I feel like at the end of the day, it's almost always the people that really make, you know, that situation amazing, or at least you hope make it amazing for you. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm really uh, just really more reflective on all the people that I know. That's right. Well, I'm going to stay with you. with you. Orange Arrow. Yes. Tell us how did you first learn about Orange Era? At least the early early stages of man. Uh I gotta dig back in the memory hole here because it's been I feel like it's been years on years now. You know, uh I remember uh you were coming back to the berg and uh you know, you were looking for avenues to make a difference, and... uh Coming back from Atlanta, yeah, and shout out to ATL, yeah, ATL, yes sir, <laughs> and uh, I can't remember the exact setting where you shared it with me, but I do remember that once I heard it, I'm like, yep, that's absolutely something I want to help with, because I'm all about trying to give back, and uh, like I mentioned, in terms of people, I, I, I realize just how influential good people, you know, can make a difference, and... You know, you were trying to make a difference and so I was all about. And uh, what was that, 2000? 2000... By 2012. 12? 12, yeah. I was doing the, the pilot phase year at uh, yes, the Wilkinsbury Boards. Yes, yes, yeah. And, and then I... based off of that, I might be on to something here. And then 2013 is when Orange became incorporated. Yes. So, yeah. so 20, 2012 was the, uh, that pilot year. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. and And I remember thinking, too, you know... It takes a lot of courage to do something like that, to initiate something like that, because you can always find so many people that talk about their desire to make an impact, to make a change. And more times than not, that means, you know, playing into or volunteering for existing systems, you know, or or trying to, you know, at the Boys and Girls Club, going to do something in a place that's already cemented, that already has some organizational structure behind it. But when you're like, now I want to create something, and it's specific to our audience, you know, young student athletes, I was like, okay, man, this, this dude's putting himself out there, you know, and I've always felt like, you know, you, you always got to follow folks who are willing to take risks, you know, big time risk like that. So I was, I was all about it. I mean, I was like, okay, tell me, tell me what I need to do. Yeah, I, I appreciate that because uh, social entrepreneur, entrepreneurship period, but being a social entrepreneur, <laughs> it's uh, not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. They say everybody could do it. <laughs> they would. <laughs> they would, absolutely. And, and but having individuals like you all like you all and countless others support the vision and the mission, that's the only way it continues to go because I couldn't do a big, do it by myself because it's not about me, it's bigger than me. Tamika.
1: So we connected at the what's the event that they have? That I put No, it's a Friday night. Remember, we connected. Yes. Um, they have it at the Peterson. Where they induce, induct people to. Oh, the uh, it was like the, the varsity letter. The varsity yes, letter, yes, yeah, yes. So I hadn't seen Sean in a minute, right. and you told me you were back in Pittsburgh, and um, took my number down, and I came to the, I want to say the last.
0: Dessert tasting. Dessert tasting. Yeah, yeah. So we were highlighting yeah. the.
1: So you asked me if I wanted the, uh, to volunteer for that. We and were I...
0: highlighting the foundations of the former University of Pittsburgh, right? Correct. Dessert tasting for a cause. Yep. Yeah.
1: And then we did the space tournament, and mm-hmm. at the space tournament, at the Road of Shalom, and I was talking to someone, and I was telling them, um, and I I knew briefly about Orange Arrow. What I had looked up on the website what Sean was doing and I was talking to someone and I was telling them how important it is to make sure that student athletes have networks, have connections, and have a, a, a really an A plan of what it is that they're gonna do once they graduate high school and or college. And uh you gave me a call like that weekend and you were like, look, you said some key things that really hone into what I'm trying to do with Orangero and you know, after we sat down in talked, I was like, oh, I'm all in. Yeah. I'm all in yeah. because I know being a student athlete, and I had the dreams of going professional. 96, the WNBA had just came mm-hmm. out. I actually had an opportunity to try out. And, um, like, that was my whole, like, I wanted to be the next Michael Jordan, female mm-hmm. Michael yeah. Jordan. I was really going to be the first woman NBA player. <laughs> they yeah. didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> At the time. But, um, I mean, when you look at these dreams and you look at what, you know, making it as a professional athlete and the things that you're able to do for your family financially and emotionally, um, that's where, you know, and, and when you look at the realistic numbers, <laughs> you know, when we talk about student athletes across the United States and those who actually, or collegiate student athletes and those who actually make it pro, you know, we are talking about a very small minority that are making it um to play professional sports and unfortunately you know a lot of those kids that we we work currently work with we know that they can play professional sports but what happens after that after you retire from the sports or after you get into a of truth, you know what I mean so I think for me it's it's just the education of preparing for life and doing that in a well-rounded sphere so that Regardless of sports works for you, if you go into sports marketing and media, you're yeah. still going to get that same fulfillment as you would running off on the field or on the court.
0: Yeah. So, so Tamika, you take care of all of our operations as our VP operations, making sure we're, our business affairs are in order. And Ron, you have been a, a head coach for a while and also a consultant. So can you speak to a little bit about the, uh, let's first, let's talk about the importance of the work we do. Sure. Sure. Um, I mean, the work we do, uh, put it this way, I I wish when I was younger, I had access to something like Orange Arrow because uh, again, I I mentioned I was a young book nerd, but I I had those hoop dreams, you know, especially in New York City. I think, you know, uh, 95% of kids that participate in basketball are convinced, oh, we're going to make it pro someday. Uh, Whereas 95% of us can't even make the high school b squad you know so (laughs) (laughs) you know you, you learn early on that it might not be uh sports might uh might not be the vehicle for you but um i think for for me you know i was blessed to have a family unit that had a great emphasis on academics and so you know the i had an understanding that i didn't necessarily have to rely on sports to to move forward but uh, I can't tell you how many of my friends, you know, my peers growing up were convinced they were going to the NBA or were going to be a professional a major league baseball player. And um, you don't realize just how how much to the detriment of their own development when you don't think about how are these young folks trying to plan or prepare for what's realistic. Um, and because they're in environments that might not necessarily have them think about, you know, what about being a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, something much more pragmatic. You know, they place their their odds, their, their goals of escaping, you know, uh, their, their their situation on things that are just so so difficult, so far out of reach. And so, in, in, in reality, just so uh, not, uh, it's just not realistic, uh, I, I can say. I mean, we don't necessarily think about why do, you know, young kids, especially in urban environments, you know, place an emphasis on trying to be a professional athlete or a professional entertainer more so than so many of the other opportunities that actually exist and are attainable? And so one of the reasons that I believe always is important is because I think we, we really do emphasize that you have to have a game plan, right? You know, whatever sort of competitive spirit that you might have, you know, in the sport that you play now apply that to the rest of your life, you know, and really think about the other opportunities and avenues that exist ahead of you so that you're not, you know, uh, met with disappointment, you know, when you can't make the B squad high yeah. school team, right. That you at least have another avenue that you've thought out. Okay. I can still go down this path, you know, for success. Uh, because I, I do think that, you know, when, when kids are challenged, you know, when, when they do meet that productive struggle and realize, okay, the sports thing that might not work out, you know, if they don't have a legitimate backup plan or if they haven't thought about, you know, what they're gonna do to, you know, uh, to achieve success in their life, you do see a lot of kids get discouraged. Um, And so I think with Orange Arrow, we are really, really, really trying to prepare these young student athletes to just think broader, you know, to, to really value themselves and value their abilities and really think more about what they can do realizing that sports ain't the end-all be-all. There are a ton of skills that they can develop to really uh, shine in a bunch of other areas. And I think like uh, Tamika shared earlier, some of the things that we do in terms of the exposure trips, just giving them the idea that, and there's more out there than what you believe, right? There are so many more vehicles for your growth than what you just see on TV, you know, in terms of a, a sporting outing or, you know, in terms of an entertainer. And, um, I would say one of my best memories, you know, with, with orange arrow, Uh, it really is some of these uh, the balls Um, in terms of seeing the young student athletes in the suits. And I think at that moment for a lot of them, just reflecting on the fact that people value them more so than for what they do on the sporting field, right? They value them for their growth. They value them for their ability to think beyond, you know, what, most kids their age might be thinking. So, you're referring to the Ball for Orange Arrow event, Yes. Which is our fundraising event that yes. takes place every two years. The, I've taken place this year, September 7th, the evening before the Pitkin State game. That's us good Yes. That's us go Yeah, and so uh, you are uh, pursuing your doctoral degree uh, here um, at the University of Pittsburgh. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. That's big news. Hey, it's one of those things. I don't know why I'm doing it to myself. <laughs> and so, Staying with that, throwing your academia head on, Mm -hmm. talk to the things that we do with Orange Mm -hmm. Arrow and how that relates to that um, in education. Sure, sure. So uh, I'm pursuing my doctoral degree in in education, uh, my EDD, um, and my my primary focus uh, with my EDD is uh, on civic engagement and, and learning how we can create dedicated civic engagement systems um, through technology. And um, as it relates to, to Orange Arrow, another focus within my EDB is, is the idea of improvement science, right? And establishing a growth mindset. Um, and so the idea of a growth mindset, especially in youth is you know building up skills and uh, helping them understand opportunities that lie ahead of them, not purely as challenges, but again, as opportunities to be tackled, right? Um, and when we talk about the growth mindset, you talk about folks that know how to look at issues and become problem solvers. Folks who understand the importance of striving for greater. Folks who understand that taking you know solid educated risks are important to their to their own personal aspirations. And folks that when they are met with challenge uh, you know struggles or challenges know how to persevere. Um, and, and too often, I think, especially in youth, uh, you tend to see kids that get stuck with a fixed mindset and fixed mindset speaks more to the idea that you, you don't necessarily know how to take on risk, that you might be risk averse or that you might be afraid of challenges or you might be afraid of things that are foreign to you. Um, and that's what we I think for me, what I see is a really big opportunity for Orange Arrow is to really expand on the growth mindset. Um, really have our young student athletes Believe not only in their in their athletic abilities, but also in their academic abilities and their social skills. Right. Um, I think too often you, you tend to see, uh, especially in, in certain urban environments, young student athletes who might believe, uh, for whatever reason, that they're not capable capable academically. Right, and uh, may may give up on themselves or shut down on themselves, and that might be you know evidenced in in, in what you might call the class towns or the folks who are dejected or the folks who you know, some kids, uh, some folks might say act out often, right? And that tends to be more just representative of folks who just don't believe in their ability to succeed academically. And again, I think, you know, by by pushing forth a growth mindset and helping them understand their their ways to improve by simply focusing on, again, on the drive that you might have on the court, if you learn to take that drive and apply it, you know, in the classroom or in your, your neighborhood environment, you can also meet, and make some really good games. And so uh, I I think, you know, in terms of what we do at OA, there is a lot of actual social science behind it. I mean, it it makes a ton of sense when you look at how we try to apply the coaching techniques that these kids are used to, again, in their playing environment, in a classroom environment. So uh, uh, again, I've always been a very strong, you know, proponent of, Give students these young students tools with which they can use to succeed, and I think that we've identified a set of tools and skills that we can impart on them through our sessions that really impact them in positive ways. I'm excited about the journey. Oh, thank I'm you. Brother. Excited about the journey uh, for you personally, but then also for Orange Arrow. Absolutely. So it's going to be a win-win situation. Tamika. So we I just recently finished our pilot phase of the fifth set program for our. Our female student athletes, really excited, excited about this. Uh, So talk a little bit more about that uh, that shift, because we've been a a, a boys crew for some years now. And, you know, with your educational and business and athletic background, you're going to help lead the FitSet girls program. So speak to more about that. What does that mean to you and the importance of us providing programs for girls as well?
1: I think, you know, just like Ron mentioned, I mean, it's, it's we've got more young ladies participating in sports than ever before. And I think that they need to have the same skill set um, that we are talking about having the, the young men have as well. Because when we're talking about individuals who are going to be taking care of us later in life, <laughs> um, I think it's important that they are. You know, provided with the necessary tools as well. Um, depending on you know, the social economic background, we are faced with you know challenges of, of not knowing what our potential is. And for us to have the fifth step program, it allows Orange Arrow and our staff to work with girls to say the sky is is not the limit. You know, if you want to set out and, and do something, you want to be a doctor or you want to be a volleyball coach, we, we're here to support you in, in doing that. And really providing you with the tools necessary so that you're able to understand how to get there. Um, Really encouraging young ladies to take pride of themselves and and learn how to respect themselves and and that young men should respect them. Um, You know, we've seen a lot that has happened in the media over the past couple of months um, with very predominant actors and, and entertainers. And we want our young ladies to understand how it is to, self-respect, um, be, else, be able to carry themselves in a way that is not is ladylike, and, in a sense, you know, you think of ladylike how your grandma used yeah, to remember. act back in the day, but also make sure that, you know, gentlemen are opening the doors for them when they're all walking down the street with young men, that they are on the curbside. We want to make sure that um, our young ladies are being educated on all of these things, so that they they can help make that transition to the next part of our life a lot smoother.
0: Right, and the and the piggyback off that is also to empower our, our young um, our young girls, and and knowing that they are more than capable, they can do anything that the guys can do as well. they, give, they give we a can do it better. Pass <laughs> <tell you> <laughs> talk. <tough. Yeah. laughs> They, um, you know, they, can run companies, they can open businesses, they can do operations, they can play sports, and and really build them up. So I've been building both, both uh, males and females. Really excited about that, uh, the end product. Ron, yes, sir, where do you see Orange Arrow going from here? Ooh. Uh and And I always say this to to Sean, and it's not it's not a matter of you know, gassing anybody up, but uh, I truly do envision Orange Arrow as a national organization you know that has the ability to uh, be thoughtfully engaged in school districts around the country, um, and but also have the ability um, to engage folks outside of school through technology. I, I think that, you know, Sometimes we tend to understate the importance of social skill development, you know, and especially as it relates to student athletes. You know, I think that we need uh, to impart more of an emphasis on uh, how we not only engage them in terms of building up their social skills, but helping them translate, you know, their desire and drive in the athletic environment to the academic environment. You know, I think there's not as much of an emphasis as there could be in terms of how do we translate, you know, your athletic skills to your academic skills. Um, And in terms of uh, how we also engage our college student-athletes, I think, you know, one of the big things that you can see or that we've all seen in terms of the impact is that this impacts our college student-athletes just as much as it does, you know, our middle school athletes. And maybe even more because they're, Or at that age where they have to go into the real world in a month, (laughs) you know, and uh, it it really does something. I think there really is a lot of reflection when you place uh, a young student athlete or a college student athlete in the position of coaching younger student athletes. Um, I remember, you know, as a college student athlete, sometimes where you feel like, you know, all the answers, you know what to do. No one can tell you what to do. You have your life figured out. And, you know, placing that responsibility of the, you know, raising the maturity level of someone underneath you, a bunch of them, really helps you reflect on, okay, am I coachable? You know, am I someone that takes coaching well? Am I someone that really reflects on the the, the skills being taught to me? You know, am I someone that's really respectful of the time that others have tried to put, it, uh, put to a place towards me? Um, and I think for a lot of our college student-athletes, that really is an eye-opening experience because you know, it's 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 an adventure. You know, trying to engage you know a room of you know ten to fifteen young student athletes. You know, if you haven't done it the first time, and you really start to understand what it takes to one to be a, a thoughtful and engaging uh, leader, and and two also to be a really thoughtful and engaging coachy uh, uh, coachy, you know, someone that's being coached currently. You know, and. And uh, we've had so many of our college student-athletes that have gone through this program, you know, come back and reflect just how impactful their time was with Orange Arrow and how it really helped raise their maturity level and really think, you know, much more about how they engage their coaches. So, um, you know, I see Orange Arrow, again, not only strongly impacting, you know, middle school uh, student-athletes around the country, but also college student-athletes, and like Sean said, probably much more so just because, it really is such an engaging environment and a, a really thoughtful and, uh, maturity for the promoting opportunity for them. So, uh, you know, I, I see this on a, a real big scale. I see us doing big things in terms of just really impact. And, uh, I think we'll get there in, in no time at all. Tamika, where do you see us <laughs> going? Oh, I think Ron said it all. Okay. You know, um, I think
1: that this is definitely going to be a national model. Um, not only our work with youth, but as well as with college athletes. You know, I've, I've seen it. I've witnessed it right before my eyes. Um, I remember one time with the Boys and Girls Club, and one of the young uh, gentlemen who came out as a college athlete didn't know how to tie a tie. And what he said was, I never had to go anywhere where I had to tie a tie. So seeing a fifth grader help him tie his tie, yeah. Like, made my heart bubble. Like, I I got a little teary-eyed, and I understand the impact, but when we're talking, we're approaching both realms. You know, we're approaching both realms. We're talking about working with younger youth because we know how important it is. The earlier that you get into someone's life, the more impact that you're going to have in the long run. You know, we talk about learning new skills every day, but when you get the the child that is, is young and we're molding them, that is definitely... Going to be a, a huge impact over the years to come, but I think that we're going to continue to grow, you know. And I mean, we we only can go up, right, up so and out, up and out. Can stop we <laughs> All the way up. Nothing <laughs> can stop us. We all the way up. Right. <laughs> and I and I, you know, I thank you for letting me be a part of this journey because um, it has helped me become a better person and 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 really, you know, put my focus on making sure I'm reaching back and, and grabbing those individuals and, and making an impact on their lives. Because if I would have had this growing up, yeah. uh, <laughs> my career pathway would have probably been different. You know, and it's also that long-term effect. So the student athletes that we do work with that go on in their careers, they want to reach back and work a You know, they want to come in and talk about their profession and talk about their success, whether it's with sports or, or, or just working a doctor, a lawyer, a dentist, when we're exposing kids to to those different career pathways and they're seeing individuals that look like them, that is phenomenal. That is, it's amazing. You know, I believe last summer we had a a doctor come in who was actually going back to school to be a doctor in another profession. You know, I think uh, he was a pharmacist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, like that to me just shows the kids, whatever you want to be, we can get there and we can help coach you along the path and provide you with the necessary tools and resources to, to, to make that, that leap in life. Awesome.
0: Yeah. And I should say one thing too. Uh, I, I think we can't underestimate, you know, the, the psychological impact too on these college student-athletes because, you know, for a lot of them, for so much of their their, their lives up to that point, you know, most of the adulation and cheering that they receive is, you know, specifically to their efforts on a court or in the playing, uh, playing environment. And so for a lot of them to see kids look up to them, but not necessarily because of what they do on the field, but because they're attempting to engage them in that thoughtful, you know, mentor, uh, mentor manner, uh, manner, it really does something. I mean, it really does something to maturity level when p- folks look up to you as a role model. Again, not, not because, you know, you're athletically gifted, but because you might be socially inclined to impart wisdom on these folks. And that's what they're looking for. I think they're, they're looking for role models that can really expand their way of thought beyond, you know, what you can do as an athlete. And so I think for, for our college student athletes, you know, they're, they're, there's that part of them that says, wow, people appreciate me more than what I can do on, on a field. You know, that's big. That is big because, you know, for most of them don't always get that. You know, they don't always get that appreciation for it skills that exist outside of the plane, right yeah that's true and i believe it helps with their identity for sure and and as as we know when sports are taken away from us a lot of times people go through depression yes fall by the wayside because they identify everything with that sport but we start to help them build that you're more than just absolutely so thank you all for your time uh from the bottom of my heart i appreciate y'all um, I said it earlier, there's no way Orange Air will be where it is without you all and the rest of the team. You all put the sacrifice of time, family and friends. Y'all bring all y'all resources. Uh, all to me to change impact lives. And this is only this is only the beginning. So in the beginning, just like both of y'all said, we'll make this a national movement and impact thousands, and thousands of lives. So thank y'all.
1: Yes, sir. Thanks for having us. Yes.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inside the Play Call. Make sure you stay connected. Our website, orangearrow.org. Twitter and Instagram, at orangearrowPA. And Facebook, orange.arrow. Until next time, who you with?